broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studio. This is The Hango Show. sit down it feels good just to just to be here have the have the headphones on be able to hear so much <laughs> <laughs> you know this is uh i don't know man I, I tell you this all the time man but this is really one of my highlights oh for me too you know it's for just, sure i just absolutely love getting together first of all regardless of mics or not but this just makes it extra cool you know, just just, to ha- just bullshit and whatnot. Well, yeah, just, <laughs> or share just, it with everybody else. Just share it with everybody else. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's awesome. Oh man, let me put let me put something in the in the chat there. Yeah, anybody that might be hearing this, send us a, a message. Shoot us some questions, comments. Um, I'm sure that you could probably reach out on some other social media. And, you know, pass along some messages for next time or something. But anybody that's out there, contact us. Let us know what you think. All right. I mean, so how how's your um, how's your eyeball? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm I'm healing so fast. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm I'm about ninety five percent back to oh great. Normal. It's incredible. Uh, way ahead of schedule, way ahead, like almost like, uh, like 70% time cut off of the healing process that they were even giving me. Um, I'm just excited. You know, it's really honestly, man, this is, this has turned out to be something that was a, uh, a catalyst for new thought for the, for the way I live my life and what I do with my life and my time. And, and, and it's just really been like a life reset. Um, golly. I mean, one day everything is perfect. And then the next day, all of a sudden, man, my world changed, you know? And, uh, and just to think that it might be going on for an extended period of time, you know, uh, or maybe even never uh, be permanent, permanent. yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just really made me, this makes me so thankful for everything that I have. I mean, I've, I've always been incredibly thankful for everything, you know, but uh, this is just, this really just makes me uh, value every second even more. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just really been a positive experience or I, I, I guess I've used the, um, the negative experience uh, for a positive outlook on my life. Well, you've you've changed a lot. I mean, a month ago, man. I mean, people on, on listen to the show know. You know, you, you seemed a little down. You know, you going through a, a change in your life. You know, it's just one of the we all go through them. You know, life's not a roller coaster. You don't always go straight up. You know, it's not always an uphill climb. Yeah. You go through peaks and valleys. You know, but I mean, you really seem like you've you've pulled yourself out of it. You know, and it's, it's weird that it took something like that to get you to go, hey, at least I got one good eyeball. I'm yeah. still breathing, still yes. above ground. You know, and, and, and from for somebody, man, who one of my sayings that I've, I've said since I heard it, which was back in college, um, and I've, I've passed this saying along to other people, man, just just almost everybody at some point in time. Um, you could be going through all that with a broke leg, too. Oh, yeah. So whatever you're going through really ain't that bad because you don't have a broke leg also, Mm -hmm. you know, well, I was going through all I was going through 
with one less eyeball. <laughs> I was like, hang on, man. It got real worse real quick. So Yeah, but at least you didn't go like, well, shit. That's just one more thing now. Right. You know, and, and just give up even more. Right. You know, I, it's like you said, that whole, you know, your, your time in the MRI machine. You're like, all right, God. Yeah. I'm listening now. You got, I am. You got, you got me here. Yes, sir. That was my response. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, you know something else, man? I mean, this whole this whole reset of my life, the whole period of time from, you know, when it started, you know, and, and very, very early spring to this point, um, I, I knew I, I knew the, the valley that I was going to be going through because right. I've been through it, you know, over and over and over. And, and for, for somebody like you and Tink to have what y'all have and, and Judd and Floyd, I mean, y'all are very incredibly lucky not to have to go through this roller coaster ride, yeah. you know. Um, but I knew what I was going to be going through. I knew what I'd be facing. I knew that, you know, it, it was going to hurt and it was going to be hard and everything like that. But um, I, I knew the, the best way to come through it for me personally was to um, start putting all the extra emotions and energy and thoughts and whatever else, man, that was going to be manifesting itself in me in a negative way. I had to turn that around as quick as possible. I had to get, oh, a, I had to get a headlock a on it yes. right out of the gate. So starting to exercise was, was that outlet and, um, everything I always try to, while I'm going through this type of process, whatever is going on in my life, I just grab it just like a black hole and bring it in, man. And I'll bring it to the gym or I'll bring it to the walking track or whatever. And it, it, yeah, it's negative. I, I, you know, and I, I feel myself having these times like when I'm alone and I'm just having my own thoughts or whatever, you know, and I think of something that from from the past that i'm trying to heal from and you know i'll i'll think like one of the you know some bad case scenario or something just something that a mental game on myself to try to beat me up you know oh man what if or blah blah whatever and i'll just take that thought man i'm just like man ain't nothing you can do about it whatever it's over it's over get it grab it here give it here and i'll just jump i mean you know whatever it is man i'll just go move to the next machine and i'll think about that and just trying to work it out just ching 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 just putting all that negative stuff until it's gone into a positive form in my body and increasing my health and increasing my positive mind flow because I'm getting rid of all this negative stuff. And, and, and then when I feel like I'm really starting to heal, I'm really starting to top that heel. Then my eye injury came in and I was thinking, Holy smoke, man. I mean, I'm almost out of the, I'm almost out of the woods. And then I got knocked flat on my honey. Yeah. And that's when I, that's when I was like, okay, man, you, I'm not through. Yeah, I'm not through. I got I got other stuff inside of me, man. That I got. I, I have to. I have to realize that I, I have to juggle. You know, this is just something else that's thrown. You know, just something else thrown in the air that I got to catch and start wheeling around. Um, and it's just so. Uh, it's so helpful for me just to have some sort of an outlet. You know, uh, it's a positive outlet because earlier in my life. My outlet was was shotgunning beers oh, and, yeah. and smoking weed and doing silly stuff. You know, and. uh and that's just that's just a recipe for disaster, man. There's nothing good that's going to come out of that because for me, or nothing good ever came out of it for me, um, other than hangovers. And I felt worse about it the next day, and my body was way out of shape, and I had pains and aches. And that's not just you; it's everybody. Um, go into a substance of any kind, uh, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I'll I'll drink with the best of them, but to use that to temper 
something going on in your life, you know, whether it be alcohol, whether it be weed, or whether it be you know heroin, whatever it is. I hear I hear like heroin addicts talk. They always say, "I started doing heroin to um, forget about the bad things in my life." But then I forget about them, and when I come back around, they're there, but they're ten times worse because now you've ignored them for that much longer. Right. So anytime you try to substitute a problem in your life with a substance, it never works that well. It just postpones it. I, I don't. Now, a hundred percent of the time, it doesn't work. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no in between to it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hango Show. This is your host Hango Wood, and tonight, um, it's just me and Harpoon here. <laughs> Harpoon, a uh, 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 Jut is still um, on the mend. We're wishing him a, a speedy, speedy recovery. Get well soon, brother. Yeah, so Jut's still out uh, on the mend. Hopefully to get him in here the next time we record. He's going back to the doctor, I think, tomorrow. I think, like I think he said. I think that's right. And so, uh, like I said, I don't give out his medical history. If he wants to talk about it when he gets back here, I'm all for that. Um, but, yeah, we're hoping to get him back in here as as soon as possible, we must have him around for Get sure. Well, jiggy man. Oh man! So how's your uh, how's your week been going? Well, it was July the fourth week. Um, you know, we I guess this past weekend I, we were at work. I really wasn't expecting to be very busy. You know, holiday, everybody's traveling, lots of cookouts, lots of stuff going on. Historically, July the fourth is not a good go out to eat day. Right. Um, so, um, I, we, you know, I was, I was staffed and ready the best I could be and, and prepared for a big night, um, on our Thursday, Friday schedule. And it absolutely blew it out of the water this weekend. Wow. Yeah. Caught me just, I mean, <laughs> your I, pants down. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, we were ready. It was just, I, I wasn't expecting us to be as busy as we were. Um, and, and, uh, so I was, it's been a real busy and now, of course, being busy like that, you know, uh, my Fitbit, it's it's going crazy because it's telling me. Oh yeah, you're you know clicking off you know steps off those no, clicking off steps nonstop. I'm sure. Sure, yeah, and my you know heart rate and everything. I don't know, man. It's, it's really good to be busy like that. Uh, the rest of the week, this weekend, Sunday, uh, yesterday, July fourth, um, we did uh, church, and then we went over to my mom's. Uh, our whole family and she, uh we made some homemade ice cream mm. cool. at the spot but dude i had like six cups <laughs> that's no lie i mean I, I ate a real light lunch because i knew the homemade ice, ice cream, cream was, was coming made, made, i bet i ate a half a gallon <laughs> i was like cool that's good just click 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 you know just regular uh, vanilla or that they make yeah, it just, just vanilla. regular vanilla okay and, and then and then of course she lets you have you know if you want a topping or you want something on it she's got all sorts of cool stuff to eat with it or on it or mixed whatever but she just makes the vanilla and uh lets you doctor it up as well so uh it was oh, man i mean it was so good i bet you came out just bloated <laughs> just full of ice cream i was like Man, I, yeah, yeah, it felt great though. Because That's why you had to go to the track before you came here, right, to work some of it off. I, I was excited to get, I was excited to get get moving again. <laughs> yep, that's for real. What yep. about you, man? You did you work all week? Uh, yeah, worked. Um, last week I worked. It was um, it was a little tough because uh, I can't leave to go on my first run until all the. Uh, Donation drives get back. You know, we have the donations in the center. Then we have like those mobile buses that go out during the day. Mm-hmm. They go to the community centers or they go to 
uh, factories or schools and, and get more blood. Uh, and so I can't leave until all those get back to take on my first run. And I think three nights out of the seven, I had, I had to wait for them to get back. And so I wasn't able to leave at seven when I usually do. I had to wait till like, till like eight or eight thirty or whatever. And whenever that happens, then I'm like an hour to two hours behind for the rest of the night, you know? Yeah. And, um, I had one hospital that just put in not just, they weren't useless orders. They were ordering their stuff wrong. And so then I have to call them like, Hey, what do you mean by this? Well, we need this, this, and this. Okay. We need to order it this way. Well, can't you do it? Nope. It's in the stuff they were ordering. It was going to require extra fees on them. And so I know what they'll do is when I, if I fix the order, it's going to have my name on it. You're right. And I don't want them calling my manager and go, Oh, we didn't order it this way. Your guy changed it. Yeah. Drag out those fees. And so it was just a lot of, um, uselessness, you know, it's like a, a burning a lot of time because when I get there, I'm like, like, I like, I like walking in, punching the clock, loading up my van and hitting the road mm-hmm. so I can get to that. The first one is always the hardest one to get to. It's, it's in that, it's a metro area, right in the middle of a metro area. Mm. So it's just, you know, <laughs> just dodging stoplights and trying to find a way. And, you know, of course, on Friday, Saturday nights, especially, I'm hitting the city right when everybody's going out to start clubbing and bar hopping for the night, you know, and where our place is located, it's just two or three blocks away from a very tourist area. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if I'm, if I'm behind even 30 minutes, I'm going to be hitting traffic right at that prime time. Um, other than that, it was fun. Um, blood supply still low as usual, you know, so still people calling, asking, I had somebody call, uh, my first night back Thursday night, they called and they said, Hey, um, please tell me you got some O negative. I said, I've got none. And o negative for those who don't know is a universal donor. So I'm a negative. I don't know what blood type you are, but no matter what blood type you are, you can receive O negative. Oh, okay. But, the, but O negative patients can only receive O negative. Mm. They can't take any other kind of blood. So she calls. She's like, please tell me you got some. I'm like, I got none. Got none on the shelf. We won't have none until tomorrow, till probably about 2 o'clock. And she said, well, I got a guy that's been shot twice in the back. I said, I'm sorry. They, they, can, give them, they can give them O positive, but there are a chance for some complications from it. Mm-hmm. Um, women especially. If women, women of child, childbearing age... Should, if they're O negative, they shouldn't receive O positive because it could cause some problems with the reproductive system. So, but I was like, sorry, I ain't got it, you know. And uh, I text I text them back probably about four or five in the morning. I said, hey, did that guy pull through? So we packed him up and sent him out. Um, hmm. I was like, well, dang, you know, it's, cause this was like at three in the morning. It's like sixteen year old, three in the morning. Then shot twice in the back. And I said, well, damn, you know, I hate, I said, what was a 16 year old doing out at three in the morning anyway? And she said, oh, he came in here last summer with a gunshot wound also. I'm like, oh, oh, well, this makes sense. What? <laughs> he, he's somewhere he shouldn't be. 
we, we, so when he was 15, he was out on the streets and got shot in the abdomen last summer. Yeah. This summer, he's 16, got shot twice in the back. You know, and um, it's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just violence breeding more violence or whatever you want to call it. You know, but to be 16, already been shot three times. I mean, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, be a, that's a lot. That's a, <laughs> once is a lot for a lifetime. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, just dealing with low blood supply, especially at no negative, um, has problems with the lab getting our testing back because the FDA's passed new things on testing, and then we're having to wait even longer to get a test because we can't send any product out until it's came back negative for all the like, back T test and and HIV and all and, you know, all these other blood tests. We can't send anything out until those results come back. We'll have a lab that handles our testing. It's backlogged trying to get test results out because they've passed this new regulation. So now platelets that are only good for three days to begin with are now backlogged an entire day. So now we've only got them for two days. Jeez. You know, and, and so when we get them in, we still have to wait for our test, testing to come through. Wow. So it's... Seems like they're getting the they're getting the backlog broken up a little bit. It's not as bad as it was. Um, be at that and uh, started this new diet. I t- talked to you about it. Yeah. Uh, this week, um, I finally got tired of being fat <laughs> because I hit a all time high. I weighed in at um, three forty eight the last Monday we recorded. And you swore I wouldn't that big. There's just no way, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm afraid so. Really? Yep. Uh, waiting at 348 two weeks ago today. And um, so 348, I got on the scales today before I came over here, and I'm at 329. So almost 20 pounds in two weeks. Wow. Yeah. It hadn't been fun, <laughs> as you can imagine, because you know all the, the, all the tasty food um, makes you fat. And so I hadn't had, had I hadn't been able to eat like my peanut butter cups while I'm riding down the road at night yeah, and stuff that, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no more Snickers for yeah. Hango, you know. Yeah, that's a well, that's a small price to pay, man. Like, oh, for sure, to, to live twenty years longer. Yeah, that's, that's small price to pay for sure. Yeah, and 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 honestly, whenever you get to a point, man, where you know you you don't crave them constantly or whatever, when you're in those situations. Whenever you do eat one, you're going to think, man, this is just 10 times better than I ever remember. <laughs> they eat them every single night going on the road. Yeah. Or either you'll go, damn, man, whatever, seeing them. Yeah. You know? Well, I two. mean, yesterday, uh, went to Mom and Pop's to cook out and everything. And uh, we had like hamburgers and bratwurst and whatnot. I brought my Brussels sprouts to eat. This is I'm doing like a Nordic diet where they have. Only two meals a day. You got an early meal and a late meal. You eat them whenever you want to, but you get one in the first part of the day, one at the end of the day. Um, and throughout the day, you can have veggies, fruits, nuts, a lot of berries, cheese to a certain amount. You know, you can't just sit there and eat like a, a block of cheese, you know? Um, I like this new cheese diet. It's like a four pound block. <laughs> Those wheels just <laughs> cutting it off. Um, so, yeah, so yesterday uh went over there and ate and uh mom my mom makes these lemon ice box pies. She's like, How many lemon ice box pies? <laughs> I can't have that. And Tink's like, you know, you can have like You can put s- some cheese on it. <laughs> 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 I 
cheese pie instead of cheesecake, right? She's like, just get like a sliver, just a little bit. It's not going. You went two weeks now with no sweets whatsoever. Mm-hmm. A sliver is not going to hurt you. And so, I mean, she cut a small piece. And that first bite, it was like I might as well have got a mouthful of sugar. It was it was just so overwhelming after you know, in two weeks changing my palate so much. You know, just having that one little bite, I'm like, because lemon icebox pie is just Cool Whip and and Eagle Brand sweetened milk and lemon juice. That's that's what it is, you know. And it's this I had this mouth this mouthful of pie. I'm like, good God, that is so sweet, you know. Yes, the sweetest thing I had really are like oranges or bananas. You know, bananas aren't really sweet; they're mm-hmm. kind of blandish. Yeah, no um, wonder it's like a punch in the mouth. It was, it was, <laughs> it's like a spoonful of sugar. Um, no, I've done really well on it. Um, you look fantastic. No, no I shit, man. It. I mean, you really do. Your shirt, uh, I can obviously tell, man, that your shirt fits yeah, it's not, a little more. The buttons aren't screaming. Uh, well, I mean, it looks like it fits a little a little more uh, snug in your shoulders. Yeah. It looks like you're more, you know, starting to V down. I'm not getting rounded anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm starting back uh, yoga. I'm getting back on that. I've been doing um, just simple stuff at work. I got <laughs> I got this this desk I have to sit at to watch for orders coming in, and so I took a ream of paper and like put it on my feet and was doing like leg lifts with this ream of paper, just yeah. sitting there waiting for an order. You know, I was it's little, you know, but I really want to get get the midsection toned down some because it's it's out of control. Oh man, you got some news tonight? Yeah, man. Let's see what's going on. Uh, I got a. I got a few good ones. Let's see here. All right. Shark leaps out of the water and bites Paracellar in bizarre attack. <laughs> You're not safe anywhere. A tandem Paracellar hovering just above the water surface in the Red Sea sustained injuries when a shark leapt out of the water and bit his foot in a bizarre attack. The incident occurred last Friday off the Jordanian port city of Aquaba, as reported by the Daily Mail and the U.S. Sun. The 37-year-old Jordanian man, who wasn't identified, was taken to to a military hospital where he spent, where he underwent operation on his right foot. He lost part of part of the back of his foot and suffered severe uh, tendon. I'm sorry and suffered severed tendons, torn muscles, and broken bones. He is listed as stable. So imagine, you're on vacation, having a good old time, always wanted a parasail, and you go out there, and they're using you for a lure to catch a shark, pretty much. <laughs> Hovering just over the, over the top of the water, and the shark just fucking bites your foot. That is crazy, <laughs> man, crazy. I mean, now, wasn't there, I mean, I'm not real up on a lot of the uh, movies, but, I mean, isn't Sharknado kind of like that thing where <laughs> sharks are flying around or shit? <laughs> I don't know. I've I just seen, like, the trailers a couple of times, you know. Yeah. But I'm not sure how, how Sharknado compares to this, okay. but a Sharknado is pretty scary. you got to admit. I mean, we have tornadoes around here. Can you imagine one being full of sharks? No, I mean, I, like I said, I've never seen the movie. I've just seen just sharks flying around on some of the trailers a year or two ago. Yeah, I mean... You know, they, when we go like to the Caribbean, you know, there was like, there's nurse sharks, sharks out there. Nurse sharks are pretty, they're pretty docile. 
People take they go swim with nurse sharks. They're like the they look like catfish, but they're sharks. <laughs> Big dorsal fin and everything. But like hammerheads and stuff are all in the Bahamas and the Bahamian chain. Hammerheads, thrasher sharks, tiger sharks. I mean, there's some, some aggressive stuff out there. Yeah, you get to kind of watch what you're doing. Of course, the water's pretty clear there. You can kind of see stuff moving around. But still, man, hey, you know, I want to say something, man. Okay, this just, just I mean. You know, I have a pet bass. Mm-hmm. And how's Columbus uh, doing? You ain't talked about him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, actually. He's, he's actually doing pretty. I'm fattening him up, man. I'm I'm feeding him just about all that I feel well about feeding him. <laughs> and uh, because I'm going to turn him loose. Okay. And so I'm really trying to just give him as much as I can before he goes, you know, just to give him a head start. But anyway, so whenever I feed him sometimes, like a lot, I, I don't know, maybe. 40% of the time or so, man, I'll feed him by hand where he'll come and actually take the, the food out of my, fa- out of my fingers. So I'll hold it over the water or just barely drag it across the water, man. And he'll just beeline and just come to the top of the water and take, take it out of my fingers. Sometimes my fingers go into his mouth. It's crazy. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, of course it's, it's just a bit, but anyway, what my point is he can see what's going on on top of the water from a very oh, yeah. good way. You can imagine that shark in that clear water <laughs> looking up there and go, man, that's a big old bird or something that I can, you know, so he just times it. Oh yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, that's, that would be real scary to think, uh, that a shark could jump out. I mean, it's probably, uh, there's no telling how close to the water he was, but either way it goes. I yeah. Mean, it, just know. that, that amount of, you think of, we talked about it here before about how sharks move in the water. They look like they're just moving so slow. But when you actually see how fast those things, and they can they can accelerate like that, right? You know, you've seen like off the coast of South Africa, the seals are trying to like breach the water to get away, and the great whites jump up and grab them out of the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't fuck with sharks, man. No. <laughs> shark Week starts next week. I, I never got too. into Shark Week. Oh, really? I never did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people look forward to it every single year. Yeah. It's a big thing. But it's a it's a bunch of jumping sharks, man. That's okay. What it is. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> They're dragging like a seal dummy behind, a, behind oh, okay. a, yeah. a, a boat, and then they're looking to get the shark to you know hit it from the bottom and you know come out of the water like that. Drag a topwater bait around for a great white. <laughs> That's what it is. Yep. <laughs> All right. A man in Florida town reportedly pretending to be a firework late at night ahead of the holiday weekend. <laughs> Residents living in a Florida town got an early Fourth of July show when a neighbor yelled firework no- noises late into the night. There wasn't much to see, but residents could definitely hear it. The dogs were barking, and we go outside, and this guy is screaming. And I mean loud. Sarah Winock told WBBM-TV. The man was apparently protesting others who set off fireworks a little early this year. He was caught on security footage yelling, Boom! Firecracker! Not a rocket! In the wee hours of of the morning... The early morning this week, <laughs> pretending to be a firework is also <laughs> going to run afoul of our noise ordinance. Phil Mullen, Master Corporal of the Cape Coral Police Department, said. So, yeah, I think there's a video here. <laughs> Let me see if we can get the audio of it. Ah, uh, no, nah, we ain't doing that. I don't want to hear your commercial. All right. Yeah, so this guy stood outside and just yelled, boom, firecracker, at the top of his lungs about three in the morning. Just to piss everybody off. They're going to be shooting fireworks for the next couple of days. Man, that's 
That's yeah, original. That's a new one. <laughs> Dude, it, our dogs were just losing their shit last night, last two uh, nights. They, really? One of them, he could, he could care less. Just did not give a shit. Our other one, man, she shakes, barks, screams, carries on, always thunder. Anything loud like that, mm-hmm. she can't handle it. But yeah, so we always brace for 4th of July. And for, of course, for New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, New Year's, New Year's Night, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, last night they were still shooting them off. You live pretty close to me. Mm-hmm. They were still like 1130 last night. They were still shooting them off. I'm like, all right, let's, some folks work on Mondays around here. You know, not everybody was off for 4th of July today. Tink was. That's good. She slept all day. That's good. <laughs> hey, Tink. If you're listening. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see here. What was my other ones? Here we go. A Texas hospital experiences a summertime baby boom, delivering 100 babies in two stretches, totaling 91 hours. It's a lot of babies. Wow. A Texas hospital said it experienced a summertime baby boom uh, in the lead up to July 4th, delivering 100 babies in two stretches, totaling 91 hours. While Andrew Williams Hospital is known as a high volume delivery hospital, the influx and in burst was considered rare and exceptional, Baylor Scott and White said in its news release. Beginning on June 24th, Andrew's Women's Hospital at Baylor Scott and White All Saints Medical Center in Fort Worth said it delivered 52 babies in 47 hours. Wow. Uh, then, on June 28th, the hospital's labor and delivery team delivered 55 babies in 44 hours. Baylor Scott and White said in a release, the baby boom beat the hospital's 2018 record when staff delivered 48 babies in 41 hours. Uh, Atlas and Daniel were popular baby names for the boys in the group, and the hospital said that while six said while six girls were named Gianna. The hospital averages about 16 deliveries per day and welcomed nearly 6,000 babies in 2020, including 100 sets of twins and two sets of triplets. Wow. Well, it sounds like, man, I mean, they're kind of geared for, you know, big baby business. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, an, it's a, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth's a big metropolitan you know, area. Smoke, though, man. That's a lot. That's a lot of kids coming at one time. It's like popcorn. <laughs> what was nine months ago? October? October, yeah. What was going on in October? Halloween. You think it's what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Them girls got got. <laughs> Trick or treat on this. No <laughs> <laughs> con, I'm trick or treating. Oh, me. Jay's in the group. What's going on, Jay? You doing all right, man? See, he's in here. What's up? Hey, there he is. What's going on? Say, Jay. Hear me? Yeah, I got you. Go ahead. It's just hot over here in the loo, man. I bet it is. It's hot down here. <laughs> it wasn't that bad yesterday. It was pretty nice. Me and Pop went on a motorcycle ride, but uh, today was pretty spicy. This this past weekend, man, was really humid. On the on the third, man, we had a gorgeous day. Hardly any humidity. Went to a uh, work party. It was pretty nice. But yesterday was pretty uh, pretty humid. So, you shooting fireworks? No, the. We just enjoyed everybody else's fireworks, man. I, I enjoyed uh, their thousands of dollars of, of uh, blowing stuff up instead of my thousands. Just of going dollars. up in smoke, huh? 
I've heard a couple of people say this year about how expensive, you know, fireworks are. Did you hear about that hockey? What, say it again? Did you hear about the hockey, the goalie from the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh Uh-uh. 24-year-old Columbus Blue Jacket guy, uh, goalie, got shot with a mortar round to the chest and got killed last night. Are you shitting? Like, Like a professional hockey player? Yeah, professional hockey player, goalie. Was he their, their starter or what? I don't. I can't. I couldn't. I don't recognize the name, so I'm not sure if he's a starter. But holy uh, shit, a mortar yeah, round! He, originally, uh, they thought little balls you put down to the tube and light them to shoot off. Oh wow! Jeez. He, uh, hit his head on the concrete, but they discovered that he got shot in the chest with the uh, with the mortar round. That's man, golly! Yeah, I'm not gonna try to pronounce his name. He's Russian or something. Looks like. Um, yeah, medical examiner in Michigan says an autopsy has determined that Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender uh, died of chest trauma from an errant firework mortar blast and not a fall. Yeah. 24 years old, man. Messed was, up, huh? He was in a, he said he was in a hot tub and tried to get clear of several other people when he got hit. Well, that's crazy, dude. Somebody's shooting a, something like I that. I want to know what the alcohol fact was in this yeah i mean that's that's for sure I mean, i'm sure he had a couple a couple in him at least somebody did <laughs> i mean yeah, it's, it's not crazy. something to laugh about but i mean it's i think they come out with that kind of that kind of force you could put somebody down with one some of them man you gotta think they they go real high that's true i mean they go high so it's gonna take some force to shoot it up there what's been going what else has been going on jay you've been uh you want to pitch us any kind of forex scams tonight? Some kind of real estate business you want us to get in, get in on? Well, I was going to sell you guys ice uh, or sell some ice to some Eskimos, but they declined. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'd be okay, too. No, I mean, uh, we've got a big announcement coming up at work. You know, there's a just, I don't know if you guys know this, but, and you might be experiencing it yourselves, but there's a national uh, labor shortage. And right, that's, yeah. That's all retail environments, including retail banking, and uh, it's just putting uh, the pressure on a lot of the uh, peer institutions that are around, and uh, even our institution. There was a uh, there was that ramp, that buildup from COVID, where <clears throat> starting the year that uh, the March that COVID broke out, it's just kind of that. Uh, exhaustion that came along with that whole year and uh, people getting burnt out because they got used so much for a long period of time uh, with, with, a, with a few breaks here and there. And um, so that exhaustion just kind of mounted. And then, uh, you know, with so many different options that people have, whether it be uh, going somewhere else or collecting unemployment uh, at the higher rate, you know, it's just it's kind of created an, uh, a snowball effect. And so we've got uh, something coming out from one of our major bosses tomorrow on a on a plan that they've got to uh, mitigate some of that. So hopefully it's it's good news, good word. And, and this this institution has been around for 155 years, so I'm not really worried about the institution. But the uh, the labor man is just uh, burnt out. You know, we know we've talked about it on here because I mean, Harpoon's had problems getting good help that will stick around. Um, I saw this past week on Reddit, I saw a ton of posts and it was people complaining. 
why aren't there any decent jobs available? Where are all the decent jobs? Where? Well, shit, they're 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 gone now. <laughs> You're gonna be working some food service for a while if you want to. <laughs> there's the people. Who, people. I think, like I said, I think I said it on here before. People took COVID as a time to try to find something better. A lot of them did. Yeah. You know, they wanted they wanted to find a job where they could work from home to get out of the warehouse and go to a job working at home or get out of the restaurant and get a job working at a warehouse, paying more, whatever it is. Well, all the employment has shifted up. You know, when people were leaving those jobs or took time to find something different, you know, people, people who struck, struck at that and said, Oh, there's openings there. I need to move now. Mm Mm-hmm. And they took that job. It took that. It, it took that chance to get out of the restaurant, or get out of the warehouse, or get out, get out of whatever, and move up a rung on the ladder. Instead of saying, "I'm gonna sit at home, and click unemployment." Right. I, I think so. I, I think that's what a lot of it was. So Harpoon, when you in your in your industry over there at your shop, do you uh, have you noticed a trend away from that uh, entry level position? kind of desire to start somewhere small move up or people asking for more money over you know what's what's kind of the trend what's what are you seeing um my trend is not having anybody even come in to apply <laughs> i mean the ones <laughs> the ones that do um i mean i'm i'm, a, I'm particular uh, and i don't know i just really haven't had i would say probably in the last year i've had less than a dozen people apply and wow. I could, yeah, and I could I could use three. Well, it's I mean it's working in his place is different than working in a regular kitchen because it's yeah. not, you're not excuse me you're not standing over a fryer at his place you're not you know standing back in, in a walk in you're you're standing in front of a brick oven <laughs> blowing you know three hundred degrees in your face or five hundred degrees whatever it is nonstop um, and that heat radiates throughout the entire kitchen. And it's a small kitchen, you know, for for, for quick run and quick access. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even if you're over slapping out dough, you're still getting hit hit by that, oh, that heat yeah. blast nonstop. It's a, yeah, it's a it's 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 hot, and we have exhaust fans and all sorts, you know, lots of lots of air movement, you know, and everything we could do to to cool it off. But it's just going to be hot, man. It's just sweating season. That's it. But you know, overall, I mean, everywhere the other business owners that I talk to, the other people in the community, or just in my contact, everybody that's looking for help, um, they're they're having the same. You know, they're like, hey, we just they're we're just not getting a whole lot of people to apply. You know, and there's some places that are out there right now that are paying cash every day. If you show up, here's your whatever a hundred dollars to in cash to show up and work today instead of you know dragging it out for the week they just want somebody to show up that day which I, i'm not about all that man i think that's no thing. but you all well, your jobs you get cash every day on tips yeah 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 yeah. oh and those these guys make good they, oh yeah <laughs> they make good on tips you know which which i've said for a while i mean you know guys that work for me i mean they're gonna make more than the people working in the factories here over like over a week yeah for sure over there you know by the time they they take their hourly and then their gas money that i give them and then all their tips i mean you know if they're if they're a hustler they can they can crack it yep you know but there's some folks man that just want us you know just stay on the the free money train and ride that for as long as it goes it's drying up right now though I, i think it's making people really lazy 
You know, or, or I, I don't feel like, you know, they for like, just say, for example, man, like the last 20 years, they've been used to going in five days a week, you know, for nine hours and come home and have this routine. Well, the last year and a half or so, they've been they've not been going in or they've only been going in for a day or two, you know. And then if they ever did have to go straight back to like a five day work week, nine hours and go back, it's going to hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Physically, it's going to hurt you. You know, to go to be there, it's just going to be just such a big drag emotionally. You know, I got to go back to work today, which before you never thought about it. Yep, just something you did. Breaking that routine, um, it's just going to be hard to get that momentum going again for a lot of people, I think. Hey, Jay, what were you telling me about? uh, Do you want to say something else about what we're talking about? Yeah, let me let me say one more thing. I was uh, I took took the the family on vacation in a in a local in our state, just as kind of a in a high tourist area and the re- one of the restaurants we went to, they, uh, they were like, uh, yeah, on their menu, we're now serving breakfast and, you know, they're starting to get ramped up for, for tourist season. So, um, you know, my, uh, we were like, Hey, you guys doing breakfast? Cause this looks really good on the menu. And she's like, well, we were going to do breakfast, but we can't get anybody to come in to cook the breakfast or serve the breakfast. So, no, it's on hold, you know, and uh, so just my initial thought was that restaurant owner on the revenue loss just from, you know, one month of tourist season that they're not collecting on that breakfast serving just, you know, is going to kill the owner. I don't know what the margin was or anything like that, but, ju- you know, just $11 a plate or whatever you know, all, all morning long for a month, you're, you're going to, you're going to lose some serious revenue. So the, uh, even in the tourists, big tourist areas, you're, you're not seeing the labor there. So just throwing that out there. This is kind of a same type of market as a tourist, uh, market, but it's a college. Yeah. It's college instead of tourists. They're only, they're only here for a certain amount of time. And when they're gone, all that money goes with it. Just like tourists, whenever they come to town, they're bringing it with them. And when they leave, man, you can tell a huge difference. Look at, I mean, Memphis, the, the, the Memphis and May blues festival hadn't happened two years in a row now. Wow. You think about the hit, all those bars, all those hotels, all everybody who, who is in the bill street district of Memphis, it that three-day weekend they had every year brought in so much money. Millions. And it hadn't happened in two years now. And then on top of that, the next week you have International Week where they have a country. You know, they have parades and everything for that. And then the last week of May, they have the bar- the big barbecue cook-off. That happened in two years either. Wow. So over a month, Memphis is losing out of all that money for two years in a row. That's got to hurt so bad. It's got to kill them. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, I'm not talking about, I mean, the city can, all the tax money, I don't care about that. I'm talking about the actual business owners. The, yeah, the business. The business owners in yeah. Memphis, all those bars and everything on Bill Street and Tom Lee Park and all that, that has got to be killer for them to, to lose, you know, two the, their two biggest profiting months out of a year. They've lost two years in a row. Yeah, it's like that everywhere, you know. Yeah. The college kids didn't even go to school last right. year. Yeah. So I was a full year without them. And now, you know, I mean, just the way we've had to restructure our work time, you know, I'm missing them all. I mean, even, even if they were there. Yeah. You know, because they're lead, they don't, they cut out their Friday classes. So Thursday, right after class, they're out. They're only doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we're only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, we're, we're missing them all the way around. That's where if I had extra help, we could open more days. Yeah. You know, but the guys I've got working now, I mean, they're topping out 
you know, working those three days because we get it. When you're open, you're wide open. Yeah, we we get it. We're we're busy, man. So, um, you know, I just can't. I just doing what we can do. Jay, will you explain to me what this thing is with these bank cafes that are going on? What in the devil? Have you seen that stuff? Yeah, in fact, one of my colleagues um, has already transitioned to one model that she she left the institution that I'm at for a market expansion, um, an institution that's that's coming into the, a new market, a very very well known and prolific institution that's moving into the market for some reason, but setting up those cafe type. Are you, are you familiar with uh, this at all, Harpoon? Mm-hmm. These banks are making like Starbucks. They're turning their banks into like Starbucks. It's like a bank cafe. So you go into the bank, have a cup of coffee, and make a deposit. Do your banking, whatever. and yeah, it's like I just hang- come hang out. Yeah. What? It's, you- in fact, the person that uh, that I know, it, very close to him at one point, they, uh, it's it's so non traditional. It's almost like a hotel lobby, basically. There you go. Okay. And, so what, uh, what's the purpose for that? I mean, why are they doing that? No transaction line. In fact, the person told me that in this institution, if you come in and say, hey, I want to I want to apply for a loan or whatever. That she said that they literally tell you, hey, you got your smartphone on you. Go ahead and pull that out. We're going to get this application going right now. So it's kind of it's I don't know. To me, that feels a little bit impersonal, like you don't have a relationship Very. with the person. <laughs> Just, yeah. And so I guess people do like that. But, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, when anyway. when banking started, though, I mean, you watch like old movies, so and, and it, you, you watch like a, any kind of old movie or a movie set in the past. It was a guy like a farmer going to the bank. He, yeah. he talked to the guy at the bank because the guy knew that farmer. Yeah, he went to that that banker and got that loan to buy his farm. You know. Yeah. And I mean, Jay, you've got you have you you say you have families. You know, you, you don't call them customers. You call them families. You don't call them clients. You call them families. Because right. they are part of your banking family now. Yep. And that kind of takes that whole aspect of it out. Yeah, I love the uh, relationship building, the uh, the community around that, and just, uh, you know, taking, taking one family, you know, and multiplying those opportunities from, from all the way from the wife to the kids to the grandkids. I mean, everybody involved, so. And, you know, if you don't know the, the person, you don't get a chance to educate them on opportunity or choice. It's you don't want it to be very mechanical. That feels very I could do that at home. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's popping up over here. In fact, um, it's the. Uh, you know, it, it's it's incredible what what how much money they put into this market and. uh Usually in the Midwest, expansion uh, institutions don't last very long just because of the way that the old money is here in the Midwest and how long things have been around. People will get real used to kind of like that good old boy system almost, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I was I was going to run to the bank when I was up there. I was like, oh, let me see if I can find – there's banks everywhere in any metropolitan area. There's a bank on every corner, it seems like. I was like, oh, I'll see if they got a – branch of my bank up up here so i looked it up and they had one branch and it was like in clayton was like, <laughs> i was like well, i'm not driving all the way to clayton to get money forget forget that <laughs> i like being able to go into the bank i mean because i do you know all 
every, any kind of loans or whatever, you know, they're all local people and they happen to eat with me. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I'll go in and say, Hey man, what's going on? You know? And I mean, I know his, something about his family, you know, and the way they are. And, you know, of course he knows about me and, and, um, so I don't know, man. I mean, I, 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 I think in bigger, of course we're in small town USA, Yeah. you know, but in like these big metropolitan areas, man, I mean, you, you don't, it would be hard to know people that eat with you oh, as many sure. people, you know, that would come in, um, you know, and, and getting to know somebody on a personal level, like at a bank or whatever, you know, that's, that's, that is, that is good. I like that. I mean, I like the, the connection because like, um, like you said, you know, I mean, you know, the mom and dad get a loan or whatever, when it's time for the kid to buy a car, they want to get his credit started. So they'll co-sign or whatever. I mean, you know, way more about it than me, but I'm just saying it's kind of a, you know, Hey, I've got a good guy over here, man, that we can go check with him, go get a loan with yeah. or whatever. Well, that's, that's something that, <clears throat> You know, Jay doesn't work for Wells Fargo or Bank of America. He's not one of the big conglomerate banks. Um, he works for a, a bigger bank, but it's not like a, a huge one like that. And so he, he has that chance to sit down and, and, and grow with families. I mean, literally grow with them as they may have kids and they have their kids have kids and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So anything else, Jay? No, I got to hop off because uh, my other half just uh, cooked me up a great meal, so I got to jump off, man. I will give her, give, her our, give her our best. I will. It's good to see you guys and hear you guys. You too, man. Thanks. See you, bud. Tink, you want to say something? Oh, you're listening. I don't know how this works. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Women and technology, what do you expect? Hey. Hey. Hello. Okay, that's better. Is it? Um. So, what were y'all talking about? Customer service. Uh, kind of. What the fuck. Why is this not working? It is working. I can hear you. Okay. Hey. Hey. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. So, what were y'all talking about? Customer service. We're just talking about banking in general, and and how hard it is to get employees now. Oh. Because I was wondering, you I was hearing that, all that about customer service, and I, I just, I think that's a lost art. I think that's, <laughs> that's definitely customer services. You notice with people 30 and under, that shit's going away real quick. The, There's no that, phone calls that, or anything like that. Anymore. Age group that you're talking about, man, they're spending all their time talking to each other on the phone. They're not talking to each other in person. So it makes it awkward for them to have to go out and all of a sudden be nice to somebody. And it's all through text person. now, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. That personal... You know, uh, the easy interaction, man, is is a lost art or losing. You know, I think it's just it's making people awkward around yeah. each other. Well, Jay was just talking about these uh, bank cafes now, it's like a it's like a Starbucks, like a hotel lobby. Uh, people are doing their banking in. If you go in and ask for a loan, they tell you to get your smartphone out and put in the loan application. There's no person to person interaction anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's everywhere. Even in my industry that I work in, it's so becoming text-oriented. It became email, and now it's text, and there's nobody actually picking up a phone anymore and having a conversation. Sweet till you get your Neuralink. Y'all can just send thoughts to each other. Mm. Oh, God, nobody wants to be in my crazy head. Could Uh, you imagine? No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just thought that was interesting because that's actually a conversation I've been having on and off at work with with people that, 
you know, it's this younger generation that they just don't get it. They don't even, you know, growing up, we all, you learn small talk in line at the grocery store or, or at the Walmart. Or, or just talking to your grandparents. I mean, you know, you sit on the porch and yeah, talk to your grandparents, yeah. you learn small talk. And dating yeah. now. Everything is online, you know. I've talked to several people about, you know, hey man, I'm just used to my entire life walking up and to say hey some to somebody, you know, introduce myself or whatever, just start a conversation. And some of the guys that have worked for me over the years are like going, Well, what do you say? I'm like, Well, you, how you, you got, doing? You gotta figure it out, man. <laughs> I mean, you know. If all else fails, talk about the weather. <laughs> yeah, me and Tinks are talking about football. No. That's how that's how we started talking. Talking about college football because she likes college football. I like college football. That's how we kicked off our first conversation, I think. Really? Yep. Really? And plus, we knew, you know, Judd and, and Nancy and everything. So we already had that mutual connection. Right. Um, but yeah, it was in the middle of football season when we met. So that was I, I, the only real argument I think we've ever had was the day he tried to tell me that Adrian Peterson played at Ohio State, not Oklahoma. <laughs> So let me get this straight, man. Y'all, his only argument right. is, o- is over a college uh, football player. I don't know. I don't follow the tank. Don't, that- fo- don't follow the Big Twelve. Oh my gosh, man! I, t- I, I oh man, I love you guys. Y'all, are just, <laughs> y'all, are just shit, man. No doubt. I was telling them how lucky y'all are, man. You know, to have found each other and be friends and just have this smooth. Oh, she's connection. the lucky one. Let's be real. Well, I mean, she landed know, this. Look at this. I got it, man. I mean, and, and you know. Tank, you are an incredibly lucky. <laughs> he's he's. I try to too. tell him that every day <laughs> from your lips. To I God's think there are ears. moments he doubts it. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, man. You guys, man. I just y'all are very inspirational, you know. Um, and because everybody should should be so lucky to have what you guys have. Yeah, you know. Well, I think a huge part of it is neither one of us get worked up about the same thing. We get worked up about other things. So <laughs> other one calls I might other get one worked down. up and he's like, what's the big fucking deal? And vice versa. I'm like, that's not a big deal. Like, why are we so pissed off? About it's that? a huge deal. What are you talking about? She's like, calm the, calm the fuck down. You know, <laughs> that's great. You know, yeah, we just, we get mad at different things, you know, and it's not at each other. So that's, that's a, that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, Great thing, yes, yeah, and we still allow each other to be individuals, yeah. That's we, you know, we don't, we don't our relationship's not what defines us, you know. We're to, I love her, she's my wife, but we don't have like a joint Facebook account or anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, those kind of people, I mean, seriously. <laughs> oh, me, anything else, babe? And we have separate banking accounts, huge thing that I think keeps you know, I, I think everybody. Um, Anyway. Yeah, we, we discussed that the other night. My opinion. You know, I think, yeah, that's been our opinion that, you know, she makes her money. I make our, we, we've never had anything joint like that. You know, she'll say, she might say, hey, the power bill's due or the phone bill's due, you know, and I'll chip in or I'll go buy groceries, you know, or whatever it is. We, we've never, I mean, we've put our money together, but not our deposits together, you know. Yeah. I've heard too many couples having like overdrafts and stuff. You know, because one's using the car, the other one's using the car, using the car at the same time. Right. Stuff gets sideways. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's, that eliminates a lot. Yeah. You know, a lot right there. Especially, man, since y'all are just so open and, hey, man, let's go do this or do that. And you work together. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, sure. You take finances out of it, you know, and I mean, like, you're way ahead of the game. I mean, I've seen a lot of, a lot of couples split 
over finance stuff like that. Sure. Because sometimes, man, people are, are money managers and sometimes people aren't. Right. And the ones that aren't are driving the ones that are crazy and vice versa. Yeah. You know, they're like, man, why, why not buy that? Well, because we can't afford it. Who cares? Well, you know, blah, blah. <laughs> Just overdrafting. <Yeah>. Fuck it. <laughs> That's what credit cards are for. Let's go sign up for another one. Let's <laughs> get credit up for another thing. whole deck, you know. Yeah, that's right. No way. You don't see anything else, baby? Oh, dear Lord. What? I'm sorry. I'm. I, uh, it's hard to hear y'all. I love you. What did you say? I said I love you. Okay, you know I'll be able to listen to this back and know if that's really what you said, right? Not until I edit it. <laughs> Nasa, do you have anything else you oh want to say? Oh my god, I hate you so hard. <laughs> you got anything else no, you want to say? All. That's all you want to say? No, no, nothing right now. Let's if y'all get into anything controversial, I might jump. Oh, in Oh yeah, you know, and correct you. Harpoon, the most controversial man in the world. He's practically a Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that Jesus means. Christ, <laughs> all right. Oh uh, dear lord. Well, I'll let y'all get back to it. I love you, sweetie. See you, team. Love you. Bye. Uh, a news article from The Guardian, a nightmare scenario. Alarm as advertisers seek to plug into our dreams. Yeah. When brewing giant Coors launched a new advertising campaign earlier this year, the format came as a surprise to many. The company was planning to infiltrate people's dreams to get them to buy and presumably drink Coors beer. Coors encouraged people to watch a short online video right before bed, then play an eight-hour soundscape through the night. If successful, this targeted dream incubation would trigger refreshing dreams of Coors Light, according to the company. Uh, They're trying to push an addictive drug on people who who are naive to what's being done to them. I don't know if I if it can get much worse than that, Bob Stickgold, a cognitive neuroscientist uh, and professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School, said of Coors' efforts, which he believed could potentially be replaced by other companies. So basically what they're doing is trying to train your brain, because typically the last thing you think about before you go to sleep is kind of what you're gonna, your dreams are going to be kind of molded by. And you got to listen to this eight-hour gimmick. And you listen to this eight-hour soundscape which is i don't know what it is uh while you're sleeping and it's they're hoping it's like trying to program your brain to dream about coors while you're for eight hours while you're sleeping wow so it's like it's like they're pitching you subliminal advertising and you're buying into it (laughs) you know yeah i mean but i mean why would you do that to begin i mean what's what's so when you go to the grocery store the next day i don't know why are the people why would so people want to do participate? it? Participate? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, why I mean not? are they getting paid for it? No, they no, 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 no. It's just, it's just just this is an experiment. Do this and try and just right. tell us what's see up. see if it works. You know, and then everything you drink from the on on out tastes like Coors Light. You know, um, wow. I don't, I don't like. It was, I said about Neuralink a minute ago. I don't, I've got no desire to get involved in Neuralink. No, man, I don't want anything like that. I don't even be messing around in my brain to begin with. You know. Which is kind of like what Coors is trying to do. They're trying to implement a targeted advertisement directly into your brain while you were sleeping. This is what it's come to. <laughs> you, know? you know, man, when I was like a kid, um, 
I, I had a radio, but I also had like a record player. <laughs> and at night, on the way to on, when I was go to bed, I would ask my mom, "Hey, can I just play a record?" You know, because it would only play to the end of the record. And if you had the little bar over there, then at the end of the record, whenever the arm came back, it would cut off. Right. It wouldn't just play it again. So, um, I was a huge Elvis fan growing up, man. And and so a lot of nights, you know, it would just be an, an uh, Elvis album or whatever. And uh, I guess I just listened to so much Elvis at night that I would wake up, man, in the morning. Man, and my old hips be shaking and <laughs> leg, you know. And I think, hey, man, I like Elvis, man. What's, you know, I don't know. It was oh, just, man. Now, I mean, I don't think I ever told, I, don't, I ain't told anybody this. Uh, back when, <laughs> I'm not fun to wake up in the morning. I, I'm not a, I'm not a morning person. I, I hate, I hate waking up. Mm. I think it's mostly just because I don't sleep well. And so when I finally, when somebody wakes me up from sleeping, I get pissed off about it. You know, I finally did it. And now I'm being woke up. Um, in high school, in my room, I had a, my, I had a, had my own bathroom attached to my bedroom. And my bedroom was right next to the kitchen. I pretty much had a whole end of the house to myself. I mean, I, I, I pretty much had an apartment <laughs> to pull down to. Yeah. I had a bedroom, bathroom, and the kitchen right there on my end of the house. Wow. And mom and my brother were on the other end of the house, you know. So I had kind of I was like in my own little world over there, but you walked in my bedroom door on the right. I had one of those cabinets that had like a, a CD player and the tape deck and everything. It's about the size of the safe right here next to me. Uh-huh. You know, it's about that size. And I had one speaker in my bedroom. I had the open wired in my bathroom, so I was if I was in there, I could listen to music or whatever. And so, mom knew how much I hated <laughs> being woke up. So what we started doing was in the morning, she would crack my door, reach over, hit the power button on my CD player, crank the volume wide open, and hit play, and then shut the door. And that's how I was. Whatever was in the CD player is what I heard first thing that morning. Wide open. <laughs> what? And these these were like those big, you know, tower speakers. You know, so he's like, boom, first thing in the morning. You know, and I'd get up and I'd go to the bathroom, take my shower and everything. But yeah, that was that was how she woke me up. My entire high school career, pretty much. Jeez, dude, and that was that was good with you. You were about you. Were oh yeah, because once I got out of the shower, I was fine. Once I got once I got woke up, I was fine. When you first woke me up, I'm like a, like a damn bear, just <laughs> pissed off. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, one more news story. A woman on a tractor arrested for joining the Rockwell Rockwall Fourth of July parade without permission, evading the police. This is out of Rockwall, Texas. A 61-year-old woman was arrested while driving a tractor Saturday after police said she refused to cooperate with officers and parade officials by joining the Rockwall 4th of July parade. This happened at about 11.30 a.m. when police were called about Lori Bostick uh, causing a disturbance while driving a tractor in the Rockwall 4th of July <clears throat> parade staging area near Utley Middle School. Bostick was not allowed to take part in the parade route but police said she refused to cooperate with parade officials and officers and decided to join the parade anyway. Police said she was driving dangerously and refused orders from officers, and they tried to pull her over, but she refused to stop while driving her tractor. It was a low-speed chase, I'm sure. <laughs> officers forced her from the road where she drove into a fence, and her tractor was, dis- was then disabled. Bostick was taken into custody and now faces charges of evading arrest, interference with with a procession, disorderly conduct, and criminal mischief, 
And she looks like what you think she looks like. Right there. Jeez. She looks rough. I guess after a tractor wreck, you don't look too hot anyway. Golly. I mean, wow. I we, mean, you just, just think of all the people she could have just mangled. We had it happen uh, during a Christmas parade in my hometown one year. Somebody just decided to bring a tractor to a parade? No, somebody drove through the parade route in a car. Because, you know, you know where I'm from. Yeah. The main drag through, through town. Yeah. They shut it down, like, between, like, um, I'm trying to think. Like... For like six blocks, like from the Piggly Wiggly, <laughs> all the way to like uh, that last gas station. Mm-hmm. It's shut down. You get to go down one of the side streets to go to the parade, and so I think the end of it was at the Piggly Wiggly parking lot. That's where everybody pulled in at the end of it. And so, yeah, uh, smacking come off a side street and turned onto the parade route. I was driving their car, and like they almost ran into like the high school band marching. Police lost their mind. You know, this was like in 97. Yeah, sure. You know, so it was like our high school band was there. All the neighboring high school bands were there. The college bands, both of our local colleges, they came to it. You know, then all the floats and stuff with kids running around and everything else. But yeah, the the police about drug that guy. He was in a Ford LTD. Big body, (laughs) big, big wide car. And he, I think it it must have been an older guy. Had to be. Yeah. Well, not had to be, but. Well, I mean, how do you wow. miss, you know, 20 people in a marching band? You know, <laughs> just wow. be, or the, the main stoplight there where, where Second Meets Main, that's where he, he, he pulled over. He realized what he had done. But yeah. Jeez. That's crazy, too. You know, those guys tripped out. Oh, yeah. The police were losing their friggin' mind. They'd already loaded their one bullet and they gave it a span. <laughs> they were ready. They were like, oh. Barney was at the ready. Well, they were ready. <laughs> Called it in. <laughs> You ain't gonna believe it. <laughs> it's happening, guys. It's happening. <laughs> oh man. So, on, you want to talk about the dating front a little bit, or anything been going did on? You just I, taking it easy. Did I send you those pictures, or I picture, think you did. You sent a me picture a picture couple. Yeah, there was a. That's the um um what I'm uh dealing with right now. Just bullshit pictures. It's it's really kind of crazy. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm really kind of taking a um uh kind of a break and just kind of working on me oh my god dude really that's come yeah, on that now now this was a this was a recommendation <laughs> from the company saying hey, she that likes dancing you yeah you have something in common <laughs> you know you have something in common oh man. well dude i'm just and yeah. i'm not saying anything negative about anybody I i'm know, just like but you know that's, i mean dang I, I don't know i'm really just concentrating on me Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, I'm, and and that's kind of where I'm at. I know that, uh, you know, Lord put me where I'm supposed to be. I, I really, deep down in my heart, have always felt like there's somebody out there, you know, for me, and I feel like she's out there looking for me. Um, and I'm just, I'm just doing everything I can right now to, um, to clean up the meter. Yeah. You know? Cause I, I mean, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. You know, if the, if, you know, I've, I've thought about, I've thought that I was there, you know, in the past and, and here I find myself again looking for her. So, you know, I'm just trying to concentrate on me. I know that we'll, we'll meet when we're supposed to meet. And, um, you know, I'm not there again, you know, I'm not out doing what I was, you know, younger, 
um, you know, younger version of me was out doing, you know, it's wide open, just wide open. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just, uh, I don't know, just cleaning out. And, uh, you know, I used to say, man, I want to be Captain America. You know, I just want to just, just be cross the board, just, you know, good. And, and, um, and that, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of, that's kind of like just where I am right now, man. I'm really kind of at peace. I'm finding peace. You know, we talked earlier about all everything, uh, you know, it's kind of reorganizing in my life. And, and man, that, that it's not as big of a, uh, thought in my head as it, yeah. as it has been. So it's a good I, thing though. I mean, yeah, you are focusing, like you said, you're focusing on yourself. Yeah. And without you being a hundred percent. Yeah. Nothing I, else matters. I, I would be, I'd be shorting somebody else. Yeah. You know, if I still had things that I was carrying or, or if I had issues or whatever, things that I've not worked on, you know, then if the, if the Lord did put her, you know, in my life randomly or whatever, then, our connection wouldn't be as strong yep. because I would, I would be half-assing it. And if something's going to fail, man, it's not going to be because of anything that I can help. You know, I mean, I'm going to try, you know, pretty much with everything in my life, you know I mean? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a quitter, man. I don't really, you know, I, I'm giving it a hundred percent. Yeah. So. Yeah, but um, you're focusing on the right thing. You're focusing on you. You know, that, that's, that's the, like you said, Focus on yourself. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. You know, when I'm, <clears throat> I at Tink, I wasn't looking, for, <clears throat> wasn't looking for somebody. Right. You know, she just kind of literally fell into my lap because I had to put her to bed because she was so drunk the first night I met her. <laughs> and me and Nancy stole all of her jewelry. <laughs> I'm like, I thought that on here before. <laughs> you know about that? Uh, <laughs> the first, first night we met, her and, her and Jet decided to get into a, a shots contest oh, God. with vodka, and of course Jut puked in the sink. So she stood up, about fell over. She was so drunk. So I scooped her up. She was put me down on fat. I was like, "No, nah, let's go." I picked her up and towed her back to their spare bedroom, and she had like earrings on and, and rings and bracelets and necklaces. And I asked Nancy, "You don't take your jewelry off?" She's like, "Yeah, we need to." Because earrings were like those hooks oh, on the yeah. inside, you know? And so I was like taking her bracelet off. Nancy was getting like her necklace and her, her earrings and her eyes barely open. Nancy goes, we're robbing you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I got the giggles, but she, she was out. She was done. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect to be almost 15 years married to that woman. You know, it just, it happened. Yeah. You know, here I am stuck. stuck. Can't, can't get away. <laughs> like Al Bundy. <laughs> I got so mad at her, but she did she something sweet to make it all better. <laughs> That's great, man. That is great. No, I'm joking. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't regret marrying her. Maybe once a month, but just once. <laughs> <laughs> what else you want to talk about? Anything? Man, I'm just, uh, I hope everybody's safe during the holidays and you happy know. you're healthy, man. That's, that was my big worry. I was, I was like, God, I hope, hope yeah. everything comes out okay. Me too, man. Me too. Power of prayer. You know, I, I, I pray, I've been praying a lot. I've had a lot of people praying for me. Um, and, uh, you know, just absolutely just, you know, um, very grateful. Uh, you know, and just continue to, I just continue to try to make the right decisions. Um, here this past week <clears throat> um i had to make a 
I had to make a, a tough call. Um, I, I knew it was the right thing to do. Um, wasn't something I wanted to do. Uh, but I knew in the long run that it was going to be the right thing to do. And, um, so I, I I made that call and and um, you know it wasn't very popular, but it was. It, it was never the, is, is it? It sometimes, man. It's not. No, it rarely is the right call, the popular call to make. Yeah, it, and it. But I I feel that peace, you know, because if somebody's going to be upset with me for making that call, I'm okay with it because I felt like I, it was the right call, you know, to make. And um, so if I continue to try to make the right decisions, you know, um, and then I, I feel like I'll be moving in the right direction. You know, I always try to tell people to lead by example. Yep. You know, if, if, you know, somebody somewhere is watching you and they're like going, man, I want to be like that person or I, I, look at them. They're cool or, or whatever. You're an inspiration. You don't have to be a, a, an NFL player or a hockey player or whatever. You know, you don't have to be some, some big sports figure. Um, little people look at older people, and and you could just be somebody in the store somewhere that could have a lasting impression on that person for the rest of their life. And you just never know who's looking at you. Um, it's just kind of a personal thought pattern, you know, that I'm, <clears throat> you know, uh, recognizing. And um, so, you know, I'm always telling folks, you know, hey, look, you know, there's somebody somewhere that's probably watching you or something. And even nobody's watching you. You're seeing it. You know, you're doing wrong. You know, just take a take a second and rethink it. If you still make the call, you make the call. But I mean, you know, it's just a, I'm trying to make the right decisions, you know, and be at peace with the things that are going on in my life. You know, John Adams said, "Always do the right thing, even if you're doing it alone." Yeah, there you go. Sometimes you have to you have to walk that path by yourself, even even though you know it's the right thing. You're going to have to do it alone sometimes. There, there's a, uh, um, I'm sure that I'm misquoting this man, but it's a, a, a line out of a movie, um, where Christopher Walken is telling this kid a story about a line being in the jungle and how hot it was. You know, you know, the, I think so. I'm talking about. So, uh, at the end of the story that he's telling this guy, he's like, you know, sometimes, a line just has to show the jackals and hyenas just who he is. Yeah. You know, don't don't misunderstand anything. You know, we're all very powerful beings. We all have the power to change. We all have the power to make the right call. You know, sometimes you just got to show it. You just got to show up <clears throat> and, you know, and and play like you practice. Yep. You know, if you, if you, if you play, practice hard, you're going to play hard. You know, it's just it's one of those things. So if you continue to try to do the right thing when it's time to do the right thing, even though it's it's a hard thing to do, you're way more apt to do it. And I don't know. Yeah. I think I think making those calls. Um, I think making those hard calls, um, they're never going to be easier. But I think after you make three or four hard calls, you learn that, yeah, this is the right thing to do. No matter how shitty it is in the moment, in the long run, you know it's for the best. Um, I, I watch a lot of things about um, military training and, and stuff like that. I started watching them because I'm getting some of these different workouts I can do at home, bodyweight mm-hmm. workouts or whatever. And a lot of those are used by you know guys who are going 
through pararescue or through the SEALs or Army Rangers. A lot of those guys have got stuff they can do in the barracks a lot of times, you know, just to, so you don't have to go out and run the O course nonstop. And uh, I went in this rabbit hole watching these guys going through like hell week during SEALs, SEALs training, uh, BUDS training. And, uh, you know, they have so many guys drop out just because they can't stand being wet and sandy all day long. Just the, the mental, just every morning when you, when you get there, run to the surf and get wet and get covered in sand. And that's how, that's how they're going to spend the next 14 hours that day during training. You know, every time they get done eating, go get wet and sandy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like Chinese water torture. We're just constant. You know, they fuck up at the surf. They get them out, on the sort on the shore on the surf line where the surf is coming in. They get them all laid out. Let them hook arms. They got to lay there. Let them waves hit them over Jeez. and over and over. It's got to you got to hang on to each other. Plus, you're fighting the ocean. You're fighting the the ocean. <laughs> and so, a lot of guys drop out just because they they can't stand the mental fatigue of getting wet and sandy every day. And for those of you who've never been to a beach, sand gets everywhere. It's in your shoe. These guys are they're they're in green like woodland camouflage pants, boots, and a t-shirt. Yeah. Especially those guys who are going through it during the winter class. Even in California, the water's still cold. Mm. Fifty-eight degrees. Go get wet and sandy. I can tell you right now, fifty-eight degree water is cold. It's cold. <laughs> it's it's it, mind eraser water. Yeah. Where you can't really think of. Well, thing you think about is surviving. Yeah. Yeah, these so many of these guys, you know, the exhaustion, you know, because then after they get done, hell week is two weeks, or hell week, <laughs> it's two weeks, but the, those those last three or four days, they're getting minimal. They don't go home. Those last three or four days, they keep them awake. You know, and you see a lot of them when they give them time to take a nap, like a two hour nap. Get the tent, take a two hour nap. They'll sleep five minutes and they'll sit back up, drink a little bit of water, lay down, sleep two out two minutes, wake, stand, sit back up, drink some more water. They're, they got their war mind going because wow. their body's accustomed. Like, You've been moving the last 28 hours. Why are you stopping now? Right. They're so exhausted. They can't, they're literally so tired. They can't sleep because they've gotten to that war mode of something's going to happen. I got to, I got to stay away. Of course, then after that hour, they had to sleep. Air horns go off and they're out there picking up logs, toting them up and down the stand dunes. You know, at that, one of the instructors said at that, at this point, they've made it this far. At this point, we're just trying to keep them from getting hurt. I bet. They're just finding them things to do to keep their mind going. They got to keep them awake and keep their mind going, but don't let them get hurt while they're doing these activities. It's simple. Digging a hole with a paddle is one of the activities they have to do, you know, which isn't a very good Shovel. <laughs> My paddle don't scoop very well. You know, <clears throat> giving them, giving them uh, riddles to figure out. Just trying to get their mind this mush at this point. They've been up for forty eight hours. Now they're giving them riddles to try to figure out. Just trying to get their get their mind working a little bit. You know, they see the sun come up and down three times. <laughs> Those last few days of training, you know, and that's just the first step. Then they have to go do weapons training. For a month, then they have to go do demolitions training for a month. I mean, it's you know the people talk about how budge training is so bad. Those first the hell week, the worst part. You're just getting started at that point. 
you still have to go learn how to use all these all these weapon systems, and then have to go learn how to how to time a nine minute fuse on a demolition underwater in murky water. In, in water, you can't, you can't. It's not like the Caribbean. This is you're going to be out in the in the Persian Gulf, probably, or, or in a river. You have to traverse underwater with this system. It's a Drager system. With what some of the seal, sometimes they use them on missions and the seals. The Drager doesn't give off bubbles. It looks like a uh, backpack. They were on their on their front, and this mask and this the the Drager system scrubs the C, the CO two out of the oxygen they're breathing and pumps it back to them. So there's no exhaust coming off the dive rig, so they can be stealthy underwater. But that Drager system, if water gets into it, it gives off carbon monoxide. So they've got to make sure they're not, the guys aren't going to pass out underwater. They have to learn how to put that mask on correctly or they'll die underwater, you know? And so you think about the things those guys have to go through. Some, I would say 80% of any problem is mental. That's a lot of it for those guys. Yeah, there's a lot of physicality going through budge training or whatever, but a lot of it is learning how to do calculations in your mind. How many feet of this fuse do I need to feed off? So it'll explode in nine minutes, you know, because they were supposed to do one, one, I think it was, they were supposed to do a nine minute fuse and it was 11 minutes. And that instructor tore him apart. He said, why's the fuse so long? Well, we had another team going into the other side of the boat and they're underwater trying to figure out when this explosion is going to go off. You threw off the entire timing of a mission Wow. Because you can't do calculations in your mind. Yeah. That's, you know, that's incredibly stressful. Watching guys like that go through stuff, I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> My life's pretty darn easy. You yeah. know? They're going through it with a broke leg, too. Man. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're- <laughs> oh, one of the, one of those guys, this is the one I, I watched. It was like the first, the first year the Navy introduced the SEAL Challenge, where people could enter the Navy going to be SEALs. Usually they got guys, people had, people had to go volunteer to be SEALs. SEALs weren't a well-known thing mm. up until like the last probably 10 or 15 years. Um, and so the Navy started this thing, trying to get recruitment by saying, Hey, you can come do the, the SEAL challenge. You can come in at 18 and try out for the SEALs. First thing with no prior Navy experience necessary. And they had a kid in that class who was 17 and joined to be a SEAL. And he was one of the, I think he started out with like a hundred and something guys, maybe. I think 20 or 30 finished tail week. And that kid was one of them. And the last run they had to do, that kid crawled it. Didn't even crawl it. Like Vietnam monkey crawl. Like on his elbows, did the whole thing on his elbows and they got done. He went to medical. He had a broken leg. That kid finished that finished training with a stress fracture in his shin. At 17, that kid's got bigger nuts than I do, (laughs) you know? Wow. Um, so guys, the guys, I mean, anybody who joins the military, you know, hopefully they're going to it for the right reason, you know? But guys who are doing 
special forces stuff, like like the SEALs, like the Rangers, like the pararescue guys in the Air Force, um, uh, the Marine, the MARSOC units, the Marines, uh, uh, Force Recon guys, the Marines, those are another different level. You know, they're like beyond top A. <laughs> they are they are the, the the peak of the peak. Um and I got a lot of respect for those guys. For sure. So when when I when I go to try to see how can I get fit quick, let's go see what these guys are doing. They're eating nothing but high fuel shit and doing a lot of working out. I'm like, well, there's my way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the mentality of those guys that, you know, you gotta make it. I've, I've got, I've got to get through this, you know, and sometimes it's going to be a shitty decision to get through this stuff, but I got to get through it. Now, and it's, it's a hard, it's a hard decision to make sometimes, mm-hmm. well, whatever it may be, you know, anything else? You're all, all good. good. Yeah. All right. Harpoon man. Thanks for making it over here. Maybe next week we can get our sidekick in here. Yeah. This is fun. This is the big jiggy man too. Yeah. You get Chuck back in here to throw in his little one-liners to get us all cracked up. That's something he's always good at. <laughs> uh, Harper, man. Uh, thank y'all so much for listening to this episode of the Pango Show. Be sure to go by Tripod Broadcasting and check out all the shows we got over there. Uh, also, go to evils.com, E-A-B-L-E-S, and save 15% on some premium CBD products with the promo code HANGO. Also, be sure to go by MyDelta8.com. Harpoon Man, I love you a whole lot, brother. Love you too, man. See you. I love all y'all out there. Have a good night. We'll see you next time. Bye.